Welcome to the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Before we get into the movie, we want to take a second of your time to talk about where you can find us online. You can find us on Twitter, which is the BHO underscore podcast. Also on Instagram, which is the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast. Where can they find you, Aaron? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at double AA row. You can find all these links and more on our link tree. Lastly, if you want to support us and a small business, Twisted Allure, you can use our code BHO podcast for 5% off. Come listen if you dare. co-host Aaron and today we have special guest Andy from the house that screams horror podcast returning guest uh what is this your third yeah yeah third third. time I think it's your third time being on it so you're our most frequent guest Um, I am very honored and I think Sean's a close second because uh, he came on when we did the interview so that that would have been his second time being on Dean yeah, and then we also have our friend Dean, who's also been on. Um, Sean's actually, we had to reschedule um, for when he wanted to come on for a different movie. So he will be up here for with three with you as well. Um, so it's awesome to have you guys on all the time. And um, today, <laughs> today we are going to be reviewing Brain Damage. And I know you were very adamant about coming on this one. And I wanted you on this one because um, everything that you said during uh, the episode on your podcast, I really, really, um, I liked. And that's how I kind of like look at this movie as well. So um, I'll let you uh, kind of introduce yourself, talk about your um, your show. And then um, if you want to uh, dive into your little monologue, you can do that as well. And then we can jump right into this movie. Okay. Um, I'm Candy's Metal Girl. I am the hostess creator of the House of Screams Horror Podcast. Um, you can find us around. We we haven't released an episode in about a week. We so be ready for that. We're really excited to release those, but we just haven't had time. But um, they're there, and yeah. uh, yeah, brain damage. Uh, I'm a big Frank Hanenlotter fan. Um, like oh my. My laptop. I mean, I really, I really like all of his work, and he doesn't have a huge catalog of work. No. But Brain Damage is very special to me. Um, we did cover it about a little over a year ago on the House that Screams, and we called it our after school special once we had recorded it. Oh no! Okay, you should be good now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about um, that. No worries. Um. So on my show, we have uh, a regular, a regular panel or what we call our family. There's at least six or seven of us on at a time. And we also had a guest, Ryan Rodriguez from Coolness Chronicles. Very awesome guy. Uh, love having him on the show. But um, so we, we had this full house and um, Ryan, I wasn't sure how he felt about the film. I know he picked it, but like everybody on my show, they saw the schedule and they were like, no, 
I don't want to do this film. It's so stupid. It's a Hen and Ladder movie. I can't take it seriously. I'm like, just, just watch it. We'll talk. Let's do this. And so I started that conversation and I just was like, I'm going to set the ground rules on like how I feel. And then you guys can do what you want with it. But um, I feel like brain damage is the most accurate depiction of addiction that I've ever seen. And that includes Requiem for a Dream. That includes train spotting, any addiction film I've ever seen. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, Frank Hennenwater was addicted to cocaine. And this was his sort of cathartic, like, cleansing of his experience. And what I think is the most important thing to talk about with that is when you are in recovery. And, yep. hey, I was, um, I was an addict. I've been sober for... 12 years now over 12 years oh wow um and i never relapsed and i'm not saying that i'm better than anybody else i like to point that out i'm just saying like i was able to compartmentalize my addiction to the severely abusive marriage that i was in at the time and and he was kind of feeding me the drugs as well so like he took out i found out he took out a, a huge life insurance policy on me and was trying to get me to have an accidental overdose because his other attempts to kill me had not worked yet um and it's dark and it's something I have to talk about in therapy, maybe the rest of my life. But the thing is, so you're in recovery and uh, you have to sit across from an empty chair and you have to imagine your addiction is sitting in that chair and you have to talk to it. And we have a very visceral, great effects, but dark as hell because Frank Handler movies are dirty, dark. They're not yeah. afraid to go there. They're exploitation films. Yep. This is this is so deep. So instead of having this imaginary thing sitting in a chair, we've got what Joe Bob calls the talking turd penis. <laughs> yes. Last in episode, and um, who's you know charming, got that cartoonish voice from Zachary, and he's literally able to to fight with his addiction. Like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get control of this. I'm in control. And it's like no, you're not. Are you ready to crawl across the floor and plead for my juice? And he's you know he has that moment of decision. Or he's yeah. like, because the pain is going to turn you inside out and you will beg me, you know, and that's, that's literally what it's like to talk to an addiction. But this, this kind of is a cathartic thing for people who have been in recovery. Like there's something real there, even though it's ridiculous, it's real. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I can go on and on, but it, it just, it, it means a lot to me because when I watched it, I was like, holy shit. And Sean was watching it with me and I was like, you need to, did you realize all the addiction paradigms in there? And he's like, no, I'm saying we're going to watch that again. I mean, he watched it and he was like, holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And, um, I've had, um, family members who have dealt with addiction as well. So this definitely does kind of hit close to home. Um, luckily, um, I was a pretty good kid, so I never really got myself into anything like that, but, um, it sucks to hear that you you had to go through that, especially like the, the really bad parts of you know having somebody who is making you do that just for their own gain and stuff is is absolutely awful. And, I, and I'm happy to see where you are um, currently in your life with um, everybody that supports you, especially on your show. Um, you obviously us and you know the whole podcast family. It's it's really awesome to see um, that everybody supports everybody, regardless of like what has happened to them in their life, you know? I mean, we've all done really bad things, um, especially myself, but you, you kind of get a redemption arc at some point, you know? And um, I feel like this podcast is definitely kind of like a redemption arc for me of doing something that's um, 
it's good, but it, it I think people just think when they hear a podcast, like, oh, it's just people who just want to talk and there's no like real meaning behind it when that's false in my eyes. Um I think there's always meaning behind something that you do and um the podcast is definitely one of them, you know, and um Aaron's been here the whole time and is definitely one of my uh my closest friends and he's seen me through some really really bad stuff and uh this movie it makes you feel all that stuff um regardless if it's drugs or if it's something stupid that you did in your life or or whatever it is it definitely speaks on that and um that's why I really really enjoy this movie um I think it's great it's like it's really hard for me to say if this is Henlotter's best one because I really like a lot of his other ones everybody's like oh what's the best one it really flip-flops with me. Sometimes I really like one of the Basket Cates, Basket Cases movies, or I really, really like Frankenhooker, or I really like Brain Damage. Um, it's it's very hard for me to uh, distinguish because they're all so different, even though they're all pretty much in the same universe, which I think is really cool too, you know, that he, he built his universe, I think probably without him really realizing it. Um, but when Joe Bob did the, the Frankenhooker episode and he had Henlotter on, he kind of was that and that was really really fun my yeah, friend and hooker is, is a blast like i take all of his his movies or you know the basket fran- basket case franchise excuse me talking too fast but um <laughs> i take them all as sort of their their own thing basket case has you know like this mix of feels and and just over the top and Frankenhooker is just completely a satire over the top this yeah. movie i feel like is a serious film this it's underneath everything yeah. so to me this is his best and people um you know will say that oh brain damage is best maybe it's not my favorite but it is his best work and i think it's because he put so much of a self in there exactly and I think that shows in any um artist's work yeah and um aaron i know this was your first time watching this ever yeah. mm-hmm. um you watched it uh, i think last week when um, yeah. we originally had this scheduled but you know life things happen and uh, and i also really sorry to hear what happened on on your side well it, it sucks yeah. having to go through that um but since this was your first time seeing it what are your initial thoughts before we usually jump jump in and, and talk about this film um well i thought the color scheme like the color palette of the whole movie like the dark like blue was mm-hmm. just really really fucking cool i loved it um that's what kind of drew me in initially, um, and I kind of uh, picked up on the message throughout the movie that I was trying to. I can't personally relate to it, but like I feel for you know like you know people who have experienced it, and I you know appreciate somebody you know putting that message out there and just kind of making you know uh, spreading some awareness, but um uh. But I thought it was a cool storyline. Um, it's a wacky movie. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's a wacky it's, movie. Yeah, it's about shit insane. It's, yeah. <laughs> like freaking Henlotter's all his work out. Yeah, yeah, all his movies are super wacky. And that's why they're so great. I mean, you don't really see films like this nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, can you think of no. one movie within the last, like, 10 or 15 years that would be anything in the realm of, like, a Henlotter film? No. I can't. I can't I mean, at there, all. There are definitely some, you know, we call it elevated horror now. I mean, there are definitely some great movies, but they're a little heavy-handed. You're, they're very clear on the message. They're not, they don't have that aspect of fun or the intense score or, you know, it's like everything that you need in this 
kind of exploitation-y way. Exploitation doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Um, but I think before we jump into this one, unless Candy, if you have any other thoughts you want to add to um, what you were saying before, before Aaron jumps into the IMDb, um, you can do that, or we can just jump into that and get rolling with this film. Um, my main message, and you know, I think just just to hop on to something you said, I think it's very important. You know, we were ta- you're talking about podcasts and like, oh well people just talking i'm never just talking on my podcast if there is something that i have to say however uncomfortable you can listen to i i spit on your grave that eric and i did we did not shy away from anything we did not shy away from anything in brain damage or any of these films that have some other undertones like midsummer or um you know hereditary with its heavy you know uncomfortableness um we don't shy away from that and i think that a podcast is a platform to use your voice for good and, and things that you believe in and to help others. Maybe, maybe somebody out there heard it and it helped them. So I just encourage people, if you have an addiction problem or you need help in dealing with somebody else's addiction, um, there are so many resources out there. And, uh, you know, this movie can be very cathartic. It could be somebody's eye-opening thing. So, you know, if you haven't watched the movie, watch the movie, definitely. And just know that help exists everywhere. All you have to do is just look it up. It's right there. Yep, that's true. And even like when we did the I Spit in Your Grave episode, which a lot of people have reached out to us about how nice it was that, you know, it was coming from the male perspective and everything. Like even yourself kind of came and talked to us about that. I did. It's um, it's some heavy stuff, but I mean, kind of talk about that stuff, you know? Um, Not talking about it, I think this makes um, situations sort of worse especially you know what we got going on in the u.s now which i don't want to really go into it but damn this is a lot of really (laughs) a lot of really bad stuff going on um and it's making me not want to be part of this country anymore honestly like i've been wanting to uh wanting to leave because damn it's just it's awful and so depressing Um, i was in canada with my mother and it was breaking news there i didn't want to come back you should have you should have stayed. <laughs> you should have stayed. They don't like it when you do that. You have to yeah. go through the process. So I came home because I'm here to uh, use my voice. Yeah, and that's all that we can do now at this point. Is use our voices and and do anything that we can. If, if there's any protests near you that are you know, being safe and peaceful, just join them. Because man, I, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. You know, and that's that's a sad reality. But anyway, on a on a different note, let's uh, jump back to brain damage. And Aaron, if you want to run through some of the cast, um, shoot us with sure. some of the names. I know a lot of the the people who are on this film this like to, kind of like their their first and only film they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll go through them regardless. Yeah, so we have Brian, who's played by uh, Rick uh, Harst or Hearst. I'm not sure. Um, um, Hearst. 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 Hearst yeah. yeah. Um, let's... I'm awful with names, so I'm not the one to ask. <laughs> oh, he was in General Hospital. Yeah, he was in a lot, <laughs> a lot of, of soaps. soaps. A lot he had of that soaps. dreamy look. Very handsome. Vampire man. Diaries. Wait, he was in Vampire Diaries? No way. Yeah, I watched that whole thing. What's his businessman? So he's probably oh, the background just, character. It was, some, it was just a little cameo, walk-on kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he's in a he was in a lot. Yeah, he's got a very big um, resume compared to some of the other people on this film. <laughs> um, and then we have Gordon McDonald, 
who plays Mike. Also a soap opera star. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brave One, uh, Perfect Stranger, Thin Red Line, Saving Grace, Law and Order. Yeah. All My Children. <laughs> I know because I used to watch that. <laughs> uh, I actually used to watch that when I was a kid with my mom, but then I kind of realized that it's not for me. I am not, I'm not, you know, a, a woman who's going to sit down and, I don't know, vibe with all these other characters. I feel like, I don't know, because my grandmother used to watch them too. Um, even my grandfather, really, he was really into soaps when he was when he was. It was younger. one of those things that you just get absorbed into it. Like, yeah. Not my kind of thing, yeah, my... my mom watched it, so I watched it with my mom. And Gordon McDonald was on at the time I was watching it. I was like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> Courtney's grandmother watches uh, General Hospital religiously. And then when like, you... That's her time, like 2 p.m. Um, at her time. Like, that's it's, what her she, the TV's It's crazy hers. to think of how long these shows have been going on for, too. And oh, they I know. keep the storylines, just keep going and going. It's like, it's like season 50. It's like, <laughs> well, oh, hey, my it's God. It's a terrible job. Yeah, You're an it's, actor. It's nuts. So, um. Yeah, for anybody who soaps, um, you guys have a great career. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then Jennifer Lowry, who plays Barbara. Lowry. Lowry, sorry. I'm terrible at pronouncing. Um, she was in it a ton. Um, she was in. Wait, she was in. Cinemassacre. She was in a Cinemassacre um thing. Yeah. A Monster Madness. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, IMDb. She's kind of got a lot of respect in the in the horror community. That's awesome. Yeah, man, she's a badass. And then we have Theo Barnes who plays Morris. Um. Yeah, I think this is pretty much. Oh, he was also in Cinema Massacre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was like the top build cast, though. I think. Yeah, that, that's really pretty much it. Main characters. Yep. Yeah. Um, Zachary who played yeah, Zachary, mm-hmm. who was uncredited for um, reasons of you know, his work. The act, uh, the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, the SAG. All right. Stag. Oh boy. Now we're, we're gonna get the the question, Candy. Have you looked at the Rotten Tomatoes on this at all? I never do. I I don't know why I always ask you I'm that because I know Sean does it, but I don't know. Of course, I, I the habit. Do. do you look at them? Um. No, but we'll have Candy guess because it's always funny hearing where she wants. Well, All right. you know, it's it's because I'm such a poor judge of it because <laughs> I, I always rate and and critique from my heart. Yeah. So it's never what I expect it to be. So I, I would I did say the same thing. Critic scores are going to be lower than audience scores, as a guess. Um, Maybe I think audience scores will be you know respectable. I think critic scores may be a little lower. All right. But I can't give you a number. I don't know. You don't want to do you a take number? Take away 14 reviews. This was critics. 14 Any number. reviews. Just out of 100. Just reviews, out of 14 reviews. Uh, let's say 45. 45? 64. Mm-hmm. So it's above average. So that's good. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, that's good. And um, audience score has um, 5,000 plus ratings. Uh, let's go with 78. 64. They're both oh, 64. Shit. <laughs> you don't get this movie. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see that they both have the exact score too. That never That's happens. Really odd. Like ever. I've never seen that. Yeah, me either. Oh, or we... heard that I should say because Sean is the one who does it on our show, and I'm like, what? 
Uh, do we have a budget. budget or anything? I forgot about that one. We're going to go back to IMDb real quick to see if there's a budget. Sometimes IMDb doesn't like to give it to us, but um, it was Frank okay. Henlotter, so it's pretty low. 900,000. 900,000? Really? That seems really high for a uh, Henlotter film. But he had had such success with the back of his franchise. That's true. They gave him... I mean, that seems high. It's really not even for that time period, but for a Hen and Ladder film, it is. Yeah. All right, Aaron, shoot us with some uh, reviews over here. All good right. or bad. What, what you choose, you are you're the man. Walter Goodman from the New York Times, who's considered a top critic, says, written and directed by Frank Hen and Lauder, this oozer specializes in unspecial effects and unspeakable acting. Why did he have to say it was written and directed by Frank Henenlotter like people don't already know? I think maybe he just got a personal thing with him and... But I don't... Actually, he's Roger Eberting the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, I think, oh. Um, and then Richard Proops. Uh, sorry if I just pronounced that. Uh, the end from the Independent Critic says, Brain damage is rather joyfully tasteless. And that's a good review. <laughs> that's, yeah, considered positive, I guess. I don't know. Sometimes with these reviews, like they'll say it's a positive review, but then they have like some kind of backhanded comment on it. I'm just like, but he rated it 3.5. Okay, whatever. Um, Mike right. Massey says gruesomeness finds its way into this drug fueled trip, utilizing puppetry, stop motion animation, and buckets of blood as the wrinkled gastropod feasts on brains. But that's a negative review. See, this is what I don't get. That, that sounds like a positive review to yeah, me. I was thinking, like, that sounds more positive. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like, these people just I, don't know don't how they understand to... the... <laughs> My, the only critic I trust is Joe Bob. Yeah. Right, honestly. And myself. Well, actually, no, not even myself, really. Because sometimes I, I think I go a little too harsh on some I get, I get a little too sentimental. I think the only one I'm really proud of is my my 1 out of 10 for The Mutilator. Actually, I don't even think it was a one. I think it was like a point two or something like that. See, we were doing points, but I gave one point to the name the the film that shall not be named. I already named it last time, but I gave that like one power mullet out of ten, and I <laughs> thought that was the lowest we were gonna we could go. And then That's we started awesome. doing points. I'm like, I would not have given that a full point. No. <laughs> That's awesome. First movie. And the thing Edge is, of the Axe wasn't even that good, but like that's no, like our that's top a, episode. That's a yeah, that's our that's a meme at this. That point. was our first, that was our first episode, and it's still number one on our leaderboard. Ridiculous, but you yeah, the mutilator. You can never predict what people will want to hear. Yeah, that's true. You know, those true. episodes I think nobody will like. Like when I started doing classic films, it was an experiment with bad seed. Fucking took off. I was like, yay. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to see what people get drawn to. Also, it helps you kind of gauge what you want to review. I mean, I want to review everything, but that's just not possible. So you kind of have to pick the nuggets that you that you want to put out. Because um, there's so many podcasts out there too. It's it's so hard to be like, okay, who didn't review this one? Yeah, or, I, I mean, we were trying to do that at first. I think maybe when we went to single titles in season two, um, several years ago. Um, but you know, we decided we're just gonna do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Because uh, there's so many horror podcasts, everybody's gonna copy everybody, not on purpose. We're all gonna like coincide. Exactly. So, like we, our last uh, recorded episode as a whole podcast was Night Living Dead last Thursday. Everybody's talked about Night Living Dead, but have we? No, I think not. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> make that one. I I was I was so upset. 
I was like, I'm so tired, but I'm like, I don't. So many other shows, and you've kind of got the primo spot for our Halloween show, which is high in demand. So that's going to be a good one. Yeah. It's like, I I got out of work, and I was like, I'm so tired. I'm like, I don't want to go on this show and not give them 100% because I'd feel awful about that. So I was like, no, we'll we'll let that episode have its own energy without someone being half asleep. You wouldn't have been alone, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, so I think I assure. <laughs> I promise it's good. If we're uh, if we're all set, I think we can jump into this batshit crazy um, alien um, dick um, clay thing um, of Hurt brain man. damage. <laughs> um, Candy, since you are our guest, I will have you start it off. Um, we can. Uh, we haven't really been following. It's funny. One night you go to bed, and when you wake up, everything is different. Now Brian's acting a little peculiar. He's like a completely different person. I don't even know him anymore. Something's gotten into him. Sometimes everything glows with a different kind of light. Deep into him. What are you telling me? That we killed someone last night? Something bad. <laughs> something slimy. What are you doing? Something very... I know something's happened to you. Very... How is that? Hungry. You can't keep killing people every time you're hungry. You are mine now, Brian. I own you. Gotta get out of here fast. Go away. You're a wreck, Brian. Leave me alone! Whenever you want to stop hurting, you come to me. Brain damage. It will turn you inside out. Following what we, we've been doing by going through the whole movie, we more of an open mic discussion. Yeah, that's kind of. Better. That's what we do. We, we never even tried to follow a plot because I always, I'm so dominant and I talk so much. I'm like, so that ending or this, yeah. you know, I, it's much more better to like, let it be organic. Exactly. So I guess to start out what I would like to say, I, you know, Aaron at the beginning was talking about the color palette, the blues and it's in, and, and, you know, we get the blue juice that gets injected into the brain and it, it's just a, a visually stunning movie, even in it when it gets yeah. gory like when he's you know pulling out his ear oh, yeah, that part is so good an insane like magic trick but it was just like a great scene all the blood pouring out kind of losing it he's he's a uh, he's in withdrawal from the blue juice drug and um you know uh i i love just the approach uh the cinematography the story i mean it's really hard to find a place to start i mean i think i think it's good that we don't get the the backstory to brian his brother living there they're just average people you don't need a backstory and that makes it so much more relatable so when we start out and you know we notice that when we first see rick hersey's his character brian anagram of brain um is laying there in bed he's got like this flu and he has a split lip we don't know why but it was because uh, Frank Hennelon thought he was too pretty. <laughs> that's, really that's just a trying funny to fact. establish this whole like average people. He's got this serious girlfriend, and he's laying in bed. And I mean, we don't know anything more about his life, and we don't need to. 
Yeah. I think that that would have taken away a little bit. So yeah, we're just kind of thrown right in there. And you know, the, the opening scene, it's so bonkers, batshit crazy. makes so much sense to me with the, the older couple, <laughs> you know, like got the brains and then there's this bathtub that's empty and they're looking for their, their pet Elmer. And um, we don't know what Elmer is yet. We, we find out pretty quickly in the movie. Movie dives right in, but learn you know, eventually <laughs> we see them tearing apart their apartment and um, foaming at the mouth, laying there in pain. And like on a second viewing, that means something different. The first viewing, yeah. you're like, well, this is fucking crazy, but it makes sense later. You know, yeah. I, I just really like his approach in that, that beginning, just thrusting us in there. Here's your every man, and we're going to go on this crazy fucking journey with him, you know? Yeah, I agree on that a lot, and um, especially the the first time when Brian's taking that trip too, and he's just looking at the little like um, light, and it starts turning into like an eyeball. Oh, yeah. It's so cool, and then like you get like all the the blue water. You're like, like this is so weird. It's as hell. It's like I beautiful though in a creepy ass way. Can yeah, imagine it's... watching this movie on mushrooms or something. Oh my god! Like, yeah. Who dosed me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you said, there is a. It's really hard to kind of pick a starting point. So, um, I would probably have to say if I'm gonna start, it would be the first time when Brian and um Elmer uh, go out, go to the junkyard, and it's just a bunch <laughs> of random colors. It's like. He's like just and jumping and around. Dancing yeah, Rick Hurst jumping around doing the woo, you know, like screaming yeah. and he's <laughs> jumping around like he's at like some kind of he's having the crazy, greatest like, time. Laser light show or something. Yeah, and this is like this security guard, just like all serious, getting all like readied up. He's like, my job just puffed out. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm gonna do my job now that I was um hired to do because no one ever comes in here. He goes over there and he just gets killed. <laughs> it's great. And we see it through Brian's eyes. Yeah. And yep. so what you're, it's, he's like still completely bugged out, you know, tripping, you know, this is kind of, you know, the, the blue juice is sort of a combo of drugs. Now, Frank Henlotter has said people thought it was like an, a, you know, allegory for heroin. He's like, but I was a cocaine user. I had me speeding a lot more, but it does feel very LSD-ish too. I'm like what? <laughs> why are, why is this so crazy? Like, and why, why, you know? But yeah, that scene where you, you're seeing Elmer like biting into his head and his skull, it's just, it's kind of funny because we're in Brian's spot. Like, what? That's not real. Yeah. But okay. Um, sure. And you cut to his vision, it's all red and everything. It's like, wow, this yeah, guy's like, really messed up. And um, we don't really know how many times he has had a hit from Elmer. That's another thing that I realized because um, we saw it from the old couple. But we don't know how many how many days or how many hours that was. Um, so that's another thing that I really like is it the mystery there of how addicted he yeah, is at this point. Was, yeah. Um, I mean, we see him like really trip hard, obviously the first time with him being like the, the eyeball in the water. Um, but before that, was it a smaller dose to kind of get you there? Was it why he was sleeping so much? Or well, and I like think that? that's telling of addiction because that's. You know, nobody ever wants to be an addict. Not even people who who do drugs are like, oh, you know, this. For me, I, I was hooked on Xanax, so I, I was in a really scary, abusive, deadly situation, and it gave me instant calm. And every time after that, you try to recapture that, and you can't. Yeah. I want that instant calm back. It's not working. It's not working. I need to take another one because I want that instant calm back, and you never can have it again. And I think that that shows the movie shows that 
Yeah, like all the time too. It's very in your face, and it's a good in your face though, because this movie um, it tells a lot. Uh, it like it takes itself serious, but it doesn't at the same time. It's like one of those movies that's kind of like in the middle. Like you could you can oh, as I'm hitting my mic, um, you can take this like really serious if you want to, or you can kind of just go there for the ride. Obviously, my first time viewing this, it was like I'm gonna go here and just I don't know what I'm gonna expect. First time watching it was with Joe Bob. Um, what was that like two years ago? I think is when he yeah did it. yeah it was uh I think yeah it was two years ago. Yeah, I think it was season or something like that. Um, so yeah, watching it, it with everybody too was really really in, um a joy for me because uh, you know movies are always meant to be watched with other people and that's why like we do this podcast as well so we can have you know all these experiences and kind of voice them. And um, you know, hearing some of the the, the background to this with um, Frank Kent Lauder, you know, obviously being addicted, and really showing it on screen compared to some of his other films that like we were talking about was more of a just like a funny, wacky world, you know. And um, this was like a really serious one. And then with Joe Bob going like really deep into it was really really um, fun. And then watching it a second time after that, and just watching it on my own and really absorbing everything, and then listening to your podcast talking about it as well like i just fell in love with this film um and i don't know like this movie does have like a really weird tone to it but it's so different that i think this might be in like my top 10 um movies of all time just because of how different and crazy it is and just how original uh it is like I don't know this this movie just it has so much going on it's so hard to like really put it to words um what what about you aaron do you have anything that you want to uh want to point out that caught your eye um let's see well i think i like too how like it kind of portrays like not only like how he's like being you know he's addicted to like yeah. this drug that he's injecting to him, but like he's also manipulating him. Like you know he's getting in his head throughout the movie too. Like yeah, you for know, sure. Which <clears throat> kind of like um I'm trying to think uh, shows like almost like a kind of like a toxic relationship in a way, you yeah. know. But yeah. well, like you know, kind of shows what you know addiction would look like as a person. You know, I feel because it relates yeah. you to do things you don't want to do to get your fix, or you know. But, um, I also think it, <laughs> I also like, um, the first time you see him fucking eat things too, you just, oh, yeah, yeah. close, like, claymation, <laughs> like, yeah. just, yeah, <laughs> and his little, like, his, his mouth is always, and he's just like, mm. it's like he's he trying to be really cute, kind of charming, <laughs> but yeah. threatening in a charming way, masterfully done by Zachary. Um, you know, I'm so glad that uh, they that he got Zachary Lee, who was you know one of the most famous horror hosts of all time, to do that voice and do it, you know, without like SAG credit or anything. Like, hey, we please do this, yeah, you know, like because that was one of Frank Henenlotter's heroes was Zachary Lee, and so his voice on top of all of this horror and madness it's so charming and kind of funny he's got those eyebrows going on yeah you know he kind of he's he's charming but like I, I, I have to always take this dark addiction is too yeah it's charming you think oh well it's not that bad you know Sexy oh, win. yeah i mean it's just 
yeah total total brilliant casting and yeah elmer wow one of the greatest creatures in a horror movie of all time i'm just gonna say that it's very original um and you know i always like to bring this up too um even though i hate this question because it comes up all the time but i always find it interesting regardless if i like it or not is would you want to see this movie remade or if it was remade would you watch it I would watch it just to see a perspective, but I really don't think you could ever recapture. Nobody can do Frank Henenlotter, but Frank Henenlotter. And we, exactly. we, we kind of discussed that at the beginning in a way. Um, I think somebody else might take it too serious and turn it into Requiem for a Dream, or somebody might, you know, go way too silly with it and miss the fucking point. I really yeah. just think this is unique to Henenlotter and it would kind of be sad to remake it. Yeah. Something to not touch because they're they're already perfect. What more can you do? I agree on that. What about you, Aaron? Would this be a movie that if it was remade, you'd watch it, or would you want it remade? Um. Well, like Candy said, like I would watch it just to you know to see like you know what it was about, you know if how if they did it justice or not. But like I don't think it necessarily needs to be yeah. remade. I would um, say if they do remake it, it needs to be called Brain Damaged and not Brain Damage. Oh, yeah. Or like maybe like from another <laughs> perspective, you yeah. know, like maybe from like his girlfriend's. I don't know. It might be a boring horror movie, but like you know, like seeing it from her, the horror through her eyes, and that would be kind of cool. Even though we kind of get that here, um, or we and... could do the history of Elmer, which we get a little oh, yeah. bit. Of you know, yeah, yeah. Focus on the his origin. You know. Oh yeah, yeah going. You know, this is something uh, the Elmer, or you know, as it explained by the elderly. Um, couple that um originally had it this is like you know last act of the movie yeah um because they're ready to, to kill brian for the elmer and that's the thing it's like it's not elmer it's the elmer and the <laughs> elmer has been around for thousands of years people have fought for it people have died for it you know and that's addiction addiction's been around forever no, no matter what you're addicted to doesn't have to be a, even a drug i mean there are gambling addictions there's all kinds mm-hmm. of things and they've always Anything. been there so, like, I think that would be cool is to go back in history and see that people fight and die for this. Oh, yeah. Maybe something like that. I think that's really, for me, the only place that you could go is make an addendum or, or a prequel sort of thing. Yeah. But who could do Zachary? Turns out Elmer started World War Two, and... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where it was, you know, they acquired it from, the elderly couple did, mm-hmm. was from a German soldier. Yeah. World War Two, you know, but it's it's how many hands it passed through, how many people died, which is true about addiction, and how many other people took it up, and, and we're ready to kill for it. We see this in the news. Yeah, I think another really cool thing, instead of it being like a movie, is um, there's been a lot of um, horror movies, especially coming out with like comic book tie-ins. And I think this would be a really cool comic book, in my opinion. Oh uh, yeah, and it wouldn't go through the ages. You know, that would be really really cool. Um. I don't know. I just I like seeing um, um, media outlets getting more than just one type. I like seeing movies get um, games or comic books or whatever it may be, instead of it just being like one thing to kind of expand on, you know, what's going on. And I think this would be a really cool one um, if they were to do that. Um, so yeah. if there's anybody out there looking to do a comic book idea, do this. <laughs> I agree. Um. And uh, another thing, too, is, like, seeing, um, you know, Barbara uh, kind of, like, break away from Brian, because obviously Brian 
is addicted and he he's fine with what he has going on now he even like kind of tells her like something is happening and i need to be by myself for a while it's because like he just doesn't need any more how's he need this fix yeah he, he just he just needs that hit he needs to hit and um and you know the the scene towards the end where um barbara and mike um like hook up and ryan and brian's in the other room like he he hears them but he's just he's just laying there you know not doing anything which is really sad like just imagining like that being you um and you hear your girlfriend in the other room having sex with your brother and you're just you're so just in a trance with with the what you have going on and you're so addicted that it doesn't even matter and when you finally get up to go talk to them it's not even about what's going on it's about you you know it's, it's all about you and like you need to go do this thing i mean he was trying to save them in, in a way at the end and been like don't follow me don't come near me um because this thing it wants to kill you um it, it's bad but of course barbara doesn't listen <laughs> and yeah. follow, follows him and, and um we also get a really cool um cameo of basket case right there on the train as well yes yeah. Which is awesome. There's actually a lot of tie-ins to this. It's the the big dude from um Frankenhooker's in in the, yes, in the shower. Yeah, Zora the the pimp. You know, my bitches exploded. You know, like yeah. cracks me up. But um, it's so good. Yeah, but he, him in the shower. You're it's okay, man. You're gonna be fine. You're yeah, gonna be fine. And you're like, um, he's gonna murder you. And he looks really strung out. I don't know that I'd be reassuring this guy. I'd be like, <laughs> it's all yours. Which is where we get to, but it kind of goes on for a while. He's like, "Dude, it's okay. It's yeah. fine." He is the one who should have been uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Frank and I are like putting him in some interesting that that actor in a couple interesting um, roles throughout his, uh, you know, Frankenhooker and this. You know, um, most people would remember him, you know, from Frankenhooker because he had a bigger role. But you know, I, I, that little part. But I wanted to jump back to. Um, what I what I like to talk about with that scene, because the scene where Brian is hearing, you know, Barbara and Mike having sex, okay. and he's hearing it through the wall. Now the thing is, is yeah, you know, addiction is selfish, and he's, you know, and you can see that moment because a lot of people when they talk about that scene, they want to talk about the weird sort of thing that's going through his head with like that, you know, that imagining almost like a threesome, but it's yeah. Like, you know, that's not the part I like to talk about, except that look on his face. Like, he's trying so hard to care, and he's starting to care, and then he's like, oh, I better make myself not care anymore. And takes Elmer, puts him on the back of his head. You know, that that's so dark and just sad. Like, it is, yeah. You know, I'm starting to feel something about this, and I, I can't let myself, because drugs take away your emotions or give you new ones or inappropriate ones, and that one is just, that moment is sad. It's really, really just sad to me. These are the two people he loves most in the world. And this thing's going on. And he's, he's like, I can't even deal with it. I can't deal with this. It's too hard. You know, I'm just stuck in this. And I, I acquiesce to Elmer. So this is me now. Yeah. It's like, this is my life. And this is all I need. Like, I don't need to feel all this other crap. Because I just want this one thing. Because it makes me... Forget about everything. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, he even says it. Like, once I take it, like, I'm not here. I won't know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, that that's definitely um, real life right there with a lot of people, especially um, my family members who have, you know, um, been really drugged up and 
that we're in like that trance and, and not knowing what's going on. And they'll, they'll wake up the next day and be like, I have no idea what just happened. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really sad. And it happens every day to millions of people. Um, and it's an awful thing. And drugs are awful. They, they really are. Um, I mean, some of them are good for you, but it just really depends on the dosage. And sometimes it's Everything the doctor's in moderation. fault. And, well, yeah. my PSA for that is, well, when I have, um, I had a rough upbringing and you know so I, I mean it was almost like I was primed for what happened to me to happen I grew up in domestic abuse sexual abuse and then I got into what I call my three evil exes one was more abusive than the other and then I married the third one and he was so abusive like I just couldn't I couldn't live with it so it was like if I could just make it go away and all of my drugs it wasn't even like I was doing illegal drugs I was I'm on medications for anxiety. I still, I do take a benzo, but it doesn't, I don't take the ones that work like Xanax. Xanax mm-hmm. shouldn't be on the market. It hits you like a freight train. And uh, when you live with, you know, I have five to six panic attacks a day. Um, and I, I can have them worse um, than that. But mine is more of a preventative benzo. I don't get any bus rent, but also I'm physically disabled. So I have a fentanyl drip um, in, my, in my back. I, and I take Norco, I take muscle relaxers, and in addition to the, you know, mental medications I take, big pharma doesn't give a fuck about you, and your doctors, nope. they don't care about you either, they Want will do money. anything to shut you up, and I saw a psychiatrist who I did not know my husband at the time was seeing, because I was like, I can't deal with my life, and he had already spun this story, and this guy prescribed me twice the legal limit per day as a starting dose. Holy shit. I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember. Did I take my medicine? No, you didn't because you're being a bitch. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and that's how it started. And and they would just, he would just give me more. This, this psychiatrist would just give me more and more. And I wouldn't remember days. I mean, like, what happened? But there were reasons. There were things I was trying to block out, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want me to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, this, this is an life. episode about, you know, life in general, not just about the film, because the film has a lot of wackiness to it. And um, I do like to kind of bring, like, the serious things, you know, out if we can. So if it's something that you want to share, Candy, like, we're all ears, and maybe there's someone yeah, out I, there that needs to hear it, you know? I think there's, you know, I, I, it's not a super comfortable thing for me to talk about, but I realize that in talking about it, I'm not only helping me, but maybe I can help somebody else. Yeah. You know, um. You know, so at that age, I was already worn down from physical and sexual abuse. And there you know, are predatory types that see that weakness in you and they will exploit it, but they come on so charming, you know? So this person ended up, you know, it was just a lot of rape. I was married to him. A lot of rape, uh, abuse, um, you know, just put me in a hospital, bashing my head into like a, a brick wall once, uh, you know, into his culmination you know, uh, it, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And yeah, you get hooked on it, but then you're the villain. And I'm like, how was I supposed to get through this? Hmm. I was doing what my doctor said to do, but now I'm this filthy addict. And, you know, everyone's angry at you. And I'm like telling them, like, this is what I was living with. I take full responsibility for what eventually happened, but I really didn't know what's happening to us. It was you know, we were at that point where I was like, oh my God, what's happening to my life? You know, I'm going to die. And, um, 
I tried to go off drugs myself. And when you are uh, an alcoholic or addicted to benzos or anything, if you just dead stop, you will have a seizure. I had a grand mal seizure. And uh, you can die from those. So that's when I realized I should probably go to get help. And I did. But, you know, I made myself a promise, like, my life has to change and you do have to change your life. But this, when we're talking about, you know, with Barbara, with Mike, this is why something like Al-Anon exists. It's not just for alcoholics. It, it, this is for the people. I mean, Al-Anon is not even for the addict. It's for the people, the support system, friends, family, uh, spouses, whatever, kids of these people, because they have to realize where they're enabling the person or worsening it and how they can help them better. And I am a big, firm believer in tough love. You just have to give them no options. You cannot enable them. But that's that's just where I'm going with that. And when we get to the ending part, I will have one more personal note, but I'm trying not to go there too much. But I'm just saying that, you know, nobody sets out to do this, but it happens. And then you're the villain. And you're like, I was, I didn't even, I didn't know this was happening. You don't even know what's happening. You're just kind of like, what, what's happening? What? I'm addicted to what? Yeah, that's, you know, the sad reality, too. That's where a lot of people are at. They don't realize that even if someone's screaming in their face, like, hey, you're addicted to this. You need to get help. And there's always like that. No, I'm fine. I don't need help. What are you talking about? I'm completely Especially fine. Especially in my case, I was the addict, but I'm living with the rapist attempted murderer. Yeah, like um, that's that's awful shit. And... A threat on my life. And I was the villain. And I was like, oh, my God. And, I, and that's the moment I realized I was completely alone in this world. Yeah, and I, have, and I was the one that has to fix this. I have to get out. You know, awful they had to go leave. through that. It really is like hearing that, like it, it breaks my heart. But knowing where you are like, now in life, you know, Candy, the final girl, like that must be some cute yeah. name. I'm like, no, I'm really actually a final girl. Yeah. And, um, you know, you survived and now you, you found the strength and you pushed through and bedded yourself. And, and yeah. that's all it takes. I'm not anybody special. I'm just saying, like, you can beat this. And I mean, you have a really wonderful family now. You got Sean, who's you know amazing, and he's just such a down to earth dude. I love an him. Amazing, <laughs> wonderful man. Because I am a job. <laughs> yeah, he he's great. I mean, you you guys are all great. Like you came from like really crappy, you know, shit that happened in your life, and you definitely came out way better. Um, uh, on top of it and now you're doing this thing where you have your own voice and you can go and do all this shit and help people and like that's one of our goals for the show is to you know help people even though we're just talking about stupid horror movies but hey it's an escape for somebody out there you know who's listening um, it's an escape for me. for me yeah like just being here talking is an escape um, to be honest like, I, I love just coming over here and just talking about crap and yeah, there's a lot of times where we kind of get off topic um, and not really talk about the movies, but hey, so what? It's part of the natural flow of the conversation. I'm, yeah, I'm like the queen of that, but I always say like <laughs> it actually does tie in. It's just not, yeah. we're not strictly talking about the movie. It may be a conversation that ties in, you know. So Into the same topic, thing I'm every like, time. not actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, you, if you're doing the same thing every single time, like you're going to lose people who... who um, where you know supporting you before because it gets too, I don't know, samey, you know, and it's very plain. So you got to keep it up. Um, there is actually another scene that um, I think everybody, you know, um, will think it's like the most iconic one is when 
Brian goes to the club mm-hmm. <laughs> with the hooker. Mm-hmm. Oh, the meatballs at dinner. Oh, the meatballs <laughs> at dinner, too, is really good, too. You're yeah. breathing. You're like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's just funny um, when he's at the club because he's like at the speakers like yeah this feels great <laughs> like you know like he he's he's feeling it and it's because of obviously what what he's on right now um, but then like aren't is she a hooker is she just a random person I think she's just maybe some club regular. chick who just is like hey here's this kind of straight laced yuppie looking boy <laughs> a little different flavor you know. Because yeah. why do people go to bars? A lot of them go there because it's a meat market and hey, or something new. I don't really think she was a hooker because um, Frank Handler doesn't shy away from that stuff. I just think she was just looking to get some. And yeah, like that, that's what I was thinking too. But I was like, maybe she is one, but like she was you know, asking for money or anything. This kind of went into like a, a keep out zone. It was like a boiler room type thing, yeah. or whatever it was. And then they go in there and you know. He's like, oh, you, you got like a monster in there. And then Brian's just all like laughing and he's out of it. He's whatever. And then she goes to give him a blowjob. And it's just Elmer who just disintegrates her. Like, bye. Mm-hmm. You know, like the thing is, is yeah. like he, Elmer is like, he's an alien, but he also looks like a penis. He also looks yeah. like. He is very phallic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. You can kind of like, um, say whatever you want about him. Like, what do you think he looks like? But I think at the end of the day, I think we all agree that he looks like a penis. Yes. <laughs> I love when he meets the girl, too. She's like, I love your suit. Oh, and yeah. She's like, you're really fucked up, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and they just start dancing. Um, yeah, That's that like, how really it goes funny. the clubs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was like a real band playing there, too, I think. Um, I didn't look yeah, that God, up. I can't. The name escapes me, and I'm going to feel really dumb about it later because I didn't make any notes for this. But... You know, that, that scene, the fellatio scene, which is often cut, it's not anymore, but it was cut out for a long time of the original print of the film because yeah. the censors were like, fuck no. But of course, you know, I have like the really, I meant to bring it out here, my really awesome arrow version of it with like the tooth disc and the flip, you know, yeah, if you have any arrow Blu-rays, you know what I'm talking about. It has two uh, covers you can switch. Yeah. But um, yeah, so... Frank Cannonlauder being as extreme as he, he is and has done, you know, at that point, you know, the, the basket case stuff, which is just over the line a lot. Because um, we, we recently did the first basket case on my show, but um, after we've done everything pretty much else of Lauders, but the thing with that scene is most of the crew walked off. They were uncomfortable with that scene. They did not agree with that scene. And that's the scene that usually is the part where people are like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important that it's in there because, uh, you know, Brian's so out of it. He's treating it like it is a blowjob. He's getting into it. Yeah. But what is he really getting from it? He's just high. This is this is Elmer's time to shine. And he literally rips her brains out yeah. during that. And I, I can understand why people would be like, oh my God, I can't handle this. I'm like, well, you won't be able to handle most hand and water. Yeah. Franklin Hooker is probably one of the tamer ones. His um, movies are very batshit crazy, and anything can happen. Um, yeah. Uh, I think my favorite, um, well, it's like multiple scenes, but like, you know what I mean? It's like when he's at the, the hotel, he's trying to break loose. Oh, and he's trying to like detox himself. Yeah, it's and this scene. Yeah, and seeing him go through the stages too, because that, that's real life. That is real mm-hmm. life right there. That is yeah. someone who's trying to do it on their own and can't succeed. Um, and you know, he's going through all those stages and it's really funny too. Um, cause <laughs> there's like one of the guys when he, when he has to eventually, when he 
can't do it. And he has Elmer, um, you know, juice him up. He's like, well, I got to eat first. And then there's like a guy who's walking up the stairs has like a really bad like Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. That's really, really funny. I, yeah. I always laugh so hard on that. Yeah, there's definitely some laugh out loud parts in this movie. I mean, you kind of have to with a film like this. It has to be comical in some great. sort of way. Um, but yeah, just the whole like him hallucinating with him pulling things out of his ear and it falls off and the blood's like gushing out. Um, Elmer singing. He's like just harassing him the whole time. He's yeah. like, you know, you want my juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just it, hanging out and he's like, I can wait. Um, you'll come to me eventually. And yeah. that is so dark, but it, it's creepy to me when he sings Elmer's tune. Um, I actually, when we did on my show, I actually sang the song. <laughs> and um, because I was like, that shit is fucking crazy. It like, is because it, it's just like this moment where it's like you know he's just enchanting him, and this is what people relapse so much is because they romanticize the high is what it's called, and you know so he's being charming, he's being threatening, and he's just like eventually like you know what you're gonna come back this time, you're not strong enough without me, and you know that's that's why people go back. And that, like, once again, that's a sad reality. Um, and, like, that, that whole um, sequence is so real. Um, I had um, a friend that was trying to do it uh, on their own, and they were kind of going, like, that kind of crazy. And then they eventually got help from their family because, like, a bunch of our, like, me and a bunch of our friends had to, like, you know, go tell them what was going on. Um, so they had to do that. And just knowing this, the place that they were in, and then seeing this movie kind of like really brought back some of those memories and being like, yeah, that's that's real. That's that's some dark shit. Um, and the sad part, too, is like this stuff was happening when I was in high school. I had friends that were, um, you know, doing things like this and they were really young and they had to get help because it was just really, really bad. Um, so that's why I really like that scene a lot, because it, it really speaks home to me. And it's the most. Not to say that this this whole film isn't realistic. I mean, if you just take out Elmer as like a an entity, like an actual thing there, if you take that out and it just be all in his head without there being something there, it'd be show like you. a more realistic like, yeah. view on it. But I think it I think it's cool how you like kind of put addition as an entity, so you yeah. can kind of you know tell a story more a little more creative, keep it interesting, you know. Yeah, exactly, and um, that's why I really like real this. to talk back to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, to fight it's, with. Yeah. Um, so that's my favorite scene. Um, do uh, either of you have a favorite scene that you want to bring up before we get to the ending of this? Mine would be the ending, so I'll, I'll wait. Okay. How about you, Aaron? There's a lot that happens. If you can't pick one, I, I understand. <laughs> There's mine's, a lot. Mine's probably the same as when he's trying to like get himself Detox. sober and like yeah, he's just getting like harassed and like almost singing in <laughs> yeah. the bathroom he's pretty much calling you like yeah. a piece of shit like you can't do this talky <laughs> brian talky yeah yeah <laughs> i can't do a good zachary no, me either so i'm not even gonna try um <laughs> but yeah candy if you want to jump us to the end of the movie so we can uh hear your thoughts on your uh favorite uh his ending is really good yeah, I mean, the the final act is just where we really get that punch to the gut the most. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have a science infection. Sorry. Um, but so Barbara follows him, you know, when he says, don't, you guys will just get killed. And obviously, his brother's just like, okay. Um, but Barbara goes. And at this point, Brian is not in control. Brian is not Brian anymore. And nope. he kills her. He kills her. 
um, well, Elmer comes out and kills her. And he's just kind of like, I knew this would happen. And he's sad, of course. But, you know, um, there's also that, that funny like that I sort of mentioned where, you know, the, the elderly couple, um, the, from the very beginning, they want him back so bad. And the man's like, you know, tell him the history of Elmer, which is you know, the Elmer. Um, and, and, and I like that little bit of information that we get because um, it, it's not a big scene. A lot of people can like miss that or miss the point of that. Yeah. And they're fighting. And, you know, of course, Elmer kills the woman and the guy just sits there and watches it happen. He wants Elmer back. He yeah. knows his life, but, you know, he wants he wants Elmer back. And so, you know, he could have he could have shot it or fought it and he didn't. It just happened. And so he and Brian start fighting and, you know, he, Brian thinks he's, you know, that uh, Elmer has killed the man. The man's not all the way dead. And he comes and, you know, gives him sort of what, what I would call like a fatal overdose of Brian. Uh, yeah, he like uh, squeezes Elmer him. into Brian's head. So all that juice goes in and overdose. And then finally, like Elmer is killed after all the thousands of years. And then we get that like really kind of allegorical, symbolic, wild ending, which I don't think everybody gets. 100% because, you know, his, his, his head's bulging. He's got way too much blue juice on him. He goes up to the room. We hear the gunshot. He, he shoots himself like, oh, God, I can't. This can't be. Yeah. And and they go in there. And he, he's just got, got like this hole in his head. And it's like all the blue coming out. And that is symbolic of a fatal overdose. Now, um, my best friend for like 30-something years, um, it's actually how I met Sean when we were kids uh, with his cousin. And... Uh, it's three years this year that she uh, is dead from a heroin overdose. Sorry. Uh, I, think it, I think it's taken me like three years to process that. You know, somebody that I grew up with and, you know, party with, had fun with. It was my, my sister and we were at each other's kids' births and everything. And, and she's dead. And it's like fatal, like, you know, that fatal overdose. So it's really symbolic of that, the what it does what it how it destroys everyone around you like yeah i'm just now at the grieving point i think i went through anger for about the first year went through a lot of different you know things so you know we've got barbara dead in this movie we've got the brother we don't know how he feels you know we, we don't get to go through that journey with him but obviously this is his brother and he fucking loves him yeah and you know brian's gone brian's gone and you know it's just this but it's done in such a stunningly visual way but you know, in real life, it, 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 it's really like that, you know, like they're gone before they're really gone. And so having gone through an addiction myself, which, you know, luckily wasn't long, but God, it was horrible. And I'm glad I made it out alive. I know too many people who haven't, and that one was the hardest. So, you know, um, I, I just like that. Not only is it about this addiction journey, but what it does to other people. Yeah. You know, Barbara's death could be looked at as symbolic. The the ruining of a relationship with a family member or a friend yeah. or your child or anybody. And you know, like some people never forgive and some people never get over it. And but when you're dead, you're dead. And so they're like if you're not dead, guess what? You can get out of this. That's yes. that's the thing. There, there's there's so, help everywhere. And I'll probably honestly put some um Helplines and, so. and hotlines, like I did with Ice Putney Grave in the, in the bio for this for anybody who does need to reach out, whether it's you or, you know, a family member or whatnot, because it's serious. And, like, there are people out there who 
and help like Candy Eye and, and even Aaron and like we, we can we can talk to you but like we're not professionals or people who can like you know do I can point you in the right direction. Yeah, that's pretty much all that we can do. If we if you just need someone to vent to, like we're we're here, you know. But at the end of the day you gotta want the help too. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they don't want the help it's not gonna stick because you know, like uh my best friend she had been to rehab like eight times. Oh wow. I was one and done because it was fucking awful. I mean, and I went to a ritzy fucking place in Miami, and it was—I still was like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. And I'm just—you have to change your entire life, and that sounds so daunting and so hard, but you can do it. I'm no one special. I just didn't want to be like that anymore, and I didn't want to live in that pattern that led to it anymore, like uh, abuse. There's always a reason, and I do believe in dual diagnosis, where every addict has mental illness. Yeah get that address and it you know it's just it's work but it's not as hard as you think because you inside if you want to change you can do it you can absolutely do it yeah and obviously surround yourself with you know positive people too if you're if you're hanging out with people who you know um allow you to do these things or enable you to do them like that's not the crowd you want to be in especially if you want help um step number one is to try to weed out the people who you know um probably won't be there for the best of you to just want someone to hang out with which is what was the case with my friend during high school it's like he was just hanging out with his people because they wanted people to hang out they didn't really care whether they were um doing something that was good or bad for themselves they were just looking for a group of friends to just do shit and um the shit they were doing was not good <laughs> um yeah. but my friend you know he came out um on the other side of it and it was good um he's good, good now we haven't talked in a long time um, but I know that he is doing good because I have him on um on like my Facebook and stuff. So he's still he's still you know out there doing some good stuff. So I'm I'm glad that he was able to turn it around, especially at a young age and stuff. Um, but yeah, you need someone to talk to. We're we're all here, but just just so you know, we're just here to really just like listen to what you have to say and point you in the right direction. Don't come to us asking for like medical advice or anything like that because. I am definitely not not um, certified for that. <laughs> but yeah, when when Joe Bob read my very intense letter on mm-hmm. the Valentine's Day special, so many people reached out to me about anxiety disorders and agoraphobia and things like that, and and they were looking just for somebody to say, "Oh my God, you too? Okay, cool. There there there's more, and there's somebody I can talk to." And I'm like, and I was trying to just point everybody in the right direction. And if you're one of those people and you hear this, you know, I really hope I help. But, uh, you know, I, I yeah. definitely am not a therapist and I'm not a doctor. So, yeah, I, I'm here to listen and I can help you. And like, you should go here or talk to this person. Yeah, exactly. And that's all that we really can do. And just hope for anybody who is listening to us that needs help, you know, gets goes in the right direction, gets what they need. And um, if you need some positive people in your life, we're, we're here. I'm, I'm a pretty positive person. I, I may be tired a lot, <laughs> but I, I'll listen. And, um, you know, I, I am... I try to be as positive as possible. Um, that's I'm also sunshine and rainbows to the point where it annoys people because like my life was so dark, you know, like when I said I had to change my entire life, I'm like, I'm not going to be that dark person who sits yeah. and, 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 and just worries all the time. You know, of course I have like the lasting anxiety disorder for the rest of my life and PTSD and stuff, but I try to be super positive. Laughter is the best medicine and horror is your friend. Yeah. That, that's, you know, what we all kind of have to get to at some points to put as much positivity into our lives as possible. It can be hard at times. You know, there are definitely oh, days where I'm just like, 
I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I just feel like a dark cloud. You know? Oh, yeah. Aaron, I know you've definitely been there. Um, a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, for but you know I'm always here for you, man. Yeah. And we always try to do as much as we can, and especially you being here you know, is, is always a great and awesome thing to have you on the show, and I love you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I love you, too. <laughs> and Candy, same for you. You guys are absolutely amazing, and I, I, love, I love the family over there. And um, we're we're, we're all thank here you. to support each other, you know. So, um, That's thank a beautiful you. thing. Yeah, everybody, everybody in our horror fam, our extended horror fam, they're they're like everything, you know. Yeah. Of course, I have my family, but it's like you know, you need more. You need to have a friend group. And shit, I'm in my forties. It's hard to make friends, you know. But I, I have so many friends now, and they're all so wonderful. You guys, of course, included in that group, especially. Um, you know, our, our extended horror fam and our, and our, um, you know, our podcast network, just everybody is fucking wonderful. So, you know, if you're sitting there, you're one of those people thinking like, okay, I can never blah, blah, blah. Can ne- yes, you can. And, and yeah. to be honest, sometimes it happens without you even trying. You'll just like, when you least expect it, maybe you just post something and all of a sudden you'll get a message from somebody and says like, Oh, you like what I like. And wow. Okay. What's this? Hit it off. Um, when Aaron and I like first were introduced to like our work, we hated each other. <laughs> we did not get along. But as soon as I found, we found out we like the same music. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like we were both trying to like one up each other because we, we were working in a, in a kitchen, so we were both trying to be better than each other. And then we were just like, he needed to ride home one day, and I was like, yeah, I'll take you home. I was listening to music, and he was like, no, you're pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, you too, man. <laughs> it's been what? Geez. Four years, I think so. Yeah, four Just year about. friendship. I, I want to say four or five. That's amazing. I'm yeah. so happy. I I love seeing that. I love hearing it. And of course, I listen to your guys' show, and I just I just love I love the dynamic. <laughs> yeah, and with Sean and I, of course, we bicker like a married couple because we've known each other since we were six. Yeah. And, and he was always trying to get with me in high school and in, in junior high, and I was like, <laughs> no. I was such an ice princess back then. I was just like in this <laughs> dark world. So it was really cold to everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person. I'm, I'm actually who I am now. And that feels and great. And like, if people like it, cool. If they don't, cool. I, I can't. Yeah. You're you. And that's, you know, that's the best you is you being it's, you. Yeah. You know? Besides the bickering that we do as like friendly. You know, yeah. at each other. I mean, Sean and I like, like we're, we're best friends. And that's, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. And I'm happy to see both of you really happy. Um, and even like your kids, you guys are always talking about your kids and how, you know, happy they are. So you guys are doing it right. So that's awesome. And we both had to figure some things out in life. We were, we learned the hard way. We're telling our kids, please don't do that. <laughs> we're hoping. We're hoping. Yeah. And uh, you can just hope that they're going to listen. Like my son's going to be five and he's starting school, like first year of school in September. And then like, my fiance and I were like, we're stressing. We're like, oh my god, what if he's doing this or doing that? But we're like, what you know what? Ready to cry though. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna drop a little tear. Yeah, but you know what? He he has to socialize. He has like his cousins and stuff that he talks to. But he's when he's around other kids, he's good. He can be a little socially awkward. But I think we're all kind of a little socially awkward. Yeah, it's um, just a little still shy. is at fifteen. Yeah. But he's got a best friend that he said his best friend said he pavloved him because every time he come around, he'd, he'd give ash gum. <laughs> and and now Ash and he are best friends, but Ash was just he's very reserved, and he is the youngest. He's seven years younger than his sister, so because I had him later on, 
um, in my late twenties. And so it's like, uh, you know, he, if people talk to him and they're like, he talks like an adult. I'm like, well, he's been surrounded by adults his entire life. Yeah. So I'm glad that he's, he's is socialized with kids his age and, you know, found another little metal head, like play guitar that's with awesome. him. And I'm happy. I'm happy for them. That, and, that's you know, absolutely awesome. good. I'm glad that, you know, everybody is starting to find some sort of find positive and... yeah, positive outlet to, like we were talking, like this world is so fucking dark, especially right now in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And um, just oh, knowing yeah. that there are people out there who are trying to find positivity where they can is, is very good. Um, but I think we can move on to our final verdicts now. Um, Candy, what would you rate this out of 10? Um... <laughs> Um, gee, this will be a mystery. Um, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> I would give this 10 out of 10 Elmer's tunes. Um, this movie is, uh, like you said, in my top 10. Um, I have to have, I had to have like the, the fanciest, most awesome release of it. Arrow, by the way, Arrow. Blue Arrow has been killing it lately with their releases, yeah, right? by the way. Um, yeah, I have, I have a lot of theirs, but the, one of my favorites is the, the Blu-ray for this film. There's so many extras so much behind the scenes and so many cool commentaries and uh yeah i mean it, it's just uh it's, it's an amazing film that is you know beloved to horror fans um for both its silliness and its seriousness it manages to balance both which is almost impossible to do yeah like, i mean and i really do as much as i love hen and lauder stuff you know i, I mean i like exploitation films maybe i'm just a, a weirdo females especially feminists because i'm a strong feminist are like no i'm just like no i I fucking love it but um i like his stuff but this is really a masterpiece and i don't think he can top this i don't think this could be remade i don't think this could ever be captured as beautifully as sad as whatever it is even with the gore with everything in it it just could never be recaptured again so i'm glad it exists i'm glad it's i can use it as a tool i'm glad i can use it for entertainment it's it's really like a like a, an all around perfect film. So ten out of ten, Elmer Stone. It's awesome. What about you, Aaron? Um, I really, as we've talked about throughout yeah. the episode, like I really like the message that it conveys. I'm actually, I am I'm very curious about what you're gonna rate this, by the way, because I don't know if you're gonna go where I'm gonna go. But um, let's what, what's what's let's find out. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Um, but um. As I mentioned too, I really like the colors throughout the movie, and um, I just yeah, I've never seen a movie that captured something you know like a sickness like addiction so well, you know. Um, and I think as you know, it's a horror movie, obviously, but I think you know it can bring some positivity, you know, to like help people, mm-hmm. like you know, just spread like I said, spread awareness and make awareness of addiction. But um, no, I it, that being said though, it is also batshit crazy. <laughs> it <laughs> um, is, yes. But so it's a very enjoyable to watch. Um, but I mean, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything I didn't like about the movie, so I'm gonna give it a ten. Um, uh, blue juice doses out of ten. <laughs> I like that one. For some reason, I thought you were gonna go eight out of ten. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Aaron's probably gonna guys. I was over here like manifesting the ten in my mind. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess give it a ten. Give it a 10. <laughs> it's really no no surprise over here on my side too that this is definitely a ten out of ten. Um, I'd actually probably go like eleven out of ten. I, I'll I'll do that. I'll go Spinal Tap with it because nice. it is such a different film. Um, 
you can't remake this. You can't recapture it. You can't. You, you can go and shoot it the exact same way that he did, but you just can't capture that that chemistry. Yeah, it's just so balanced. It's got the horror aspect. It's got some comedy. It's yeah. got the seriousness. The, yeah, the, you know, ex- the sadness. Yeah. It's you know. It's, it's a hen and lauder film. Like that's all you gotta say. It's a hen and lauder <laughs> film. Like you just say that to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, I know what you mean." Um, hopefully, that's someone will say that. Um, but yeah, if you're talking to another horror fan, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, and it covers everything too. Like from like you know the him ru- ruining his relationship, and like you know just having him like go through all that because yeah. of gonna see like everything. Yeah. That. So here's a question I have. Instead of the ending that we got, would you rather have had an ending where he turned it around and he was able to salvage everything? Or would you keep the ending as it is? Like if there was an alternative ending, say Hennelard made an alternative ending and it was the one that we have and then there was one where he was able to turn it around. Would you want to see that one? I would want to see it, but. At the same time, I think the movie had to end the way that it ended. Yeah, I Because agree. then the message really gets across. And it's done so surrealistic and almost beautiful in its darkness. Like, I just don't see any other way we could end this. And because and it wouldn't, I don't think it would have the punch. It wouldn't yeah. have the, the path of the, the whole journey. Because that's where that journey usually ends. So yeah. I think it's, it's real this way. Everybody makes movies about happy ending. Yeah. But life's not always like that. Exactly. <laughs> but so, so it's also part of the message is like, my story doesn't have to end like that, though. My personal story does not. It kind of almost like that. motivates people. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I agree on all that. And 10, 10 out of 10 around the board. Great film. If you haven't seen this, it's on Shudder. Um, I think it's probably still on Tubi as well that you can watch if if you don't want to get yeah. a Shutter subscription, which I don't know why you wouldn't. It's only like what seven bucks a month, and it has yeah, so much $7, shit. Dollars, and it's the best seven dollars you'll ever spend. I spend almost all of my time when I'm watching something on Shutter, unless I'm watching it like a Blu-ray. Me too. Occasionally HBO. <laughs> yeah, um, Shutter is a great place to be. I mean, you got Joe Bob. All the originals are coming out. Um, like the movie that dropped uh, two weeks ago. Actually, about one week ago, it was um, Revealer. If you guys haven't seen that one yet, not um, yet. We we were we've been in and out of the country a lot lately, so I have a lot to catch up on. Just back. I'm it. glad to just I, be back to recording. I really think Candy, this it will be a movie that you are going to connect with a lot. I I think you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be like, this is the best movie I have ever seen. Because it's my best, my my favorite movie of the year. And Ooh, um, like you I'm know, like X came out, and I loved X. Um, and some other ones came out. Black Sun was really good. I just saw it for the second time last night. I still, I still need to see that one. I, I want to try to see it this week, if if possible. For Blumhouse, it was not what I expected. It was uh, definitely one of their better efforts. That's what everybody has been saying. Even like people at my work are saying it's like the best movie that they've seen from Blumhouse outside of maybe like Halloween 2018. And I can't explain why. Just go see the movie, and I promise mm-hmm. you that you'll thank me. Well, I'm going to see. I'm going to try to see it this week. I'll see if you want to come along um, mm-hmm. for it, too. We'll, we'll, we'll plan out a day, and we'll go see it together. Cool. But, yeah, go check out Revealer. That's on Shutter. Great crew. Um, we've interviewed them on our show, and um, I really – I guess I'll announce it here is that I have probably the biggest project 
that I have ever done um, is we're getting pretty much the whole crew on again, but all together. So it's going to be one gigantic Zoom fest. And we're going to do oh, a nice. post of Revealer show where they're just going to kind of just like talk about everything that's going on. I'm going to moderate it. Um, I think that's coming this Wednesday. So it's going to be a really, really big show. And I can't wait. It's going to be great. So, um, well, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Um, if anybody is ever looking for anybody to interview, especially like on your show, like they're they're down. Um, Keto AC is great. Um, Luke, uh, yeah, Tim, send me, Michael. Yeah, um, some email addresses and I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you anything that you want. And um, yeah, I'll let them know. And I'll... I will exchange contact of those with you with some others. That I <laughs> you got it. Um, but yeah, this was so fun. Um, I know Absolutely. we were kind of off. Sorry the... that I got a little choked up, but I, I didn't get as choked up as I thought I would. So, you know, I guess uh, I'm happy okay. about that. You're good. You don't have to apologize for that. Um, but I know we're kind of like all over the place on this one, but it's one of those movies that, new? <laughs> it, yeah, it's a movie that does that to you. You kind of can't stay on script with it because it has so, so much, much going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and I um, feel like if you bring um, the reality to this kind of surrealistic, um, you know, when you're talking about real experiences and you put it with this movie, because this is one of those movies... Um, on my show, most people had not seen. Yeah. So that I mean, obviously Sean and I have, but everybody watched it. We talked about it, and they're like, "I'm gonna go fucking watch that right now again yeah. because now it means something more, and now I'm gonna get it." And it's definitely one of those kind of films. So I really think that that's kind of it, it's a neat companion piece to have this kind of conversation, and then go watch it again if maybe the first time it didn't click with you, or you know, you're like, "Oh wait, I need to go watch that again because of." what this person said you know and um that's what we try to do on our show we try to be a companion piece to films and bring that to it so somebody will want to go watch it again or meet you for the first time so uh yeah i think that's i think it's important to do that and thank you candy for coming on especially telling your story it's so powerful and the more people who can hear it you know the better um you, you had to go through it so hopefully others don't have to you know and exactly. it's sad saying something like that but it, it's the truth. Like there are a lot of people who go through like these horrible things, um, just so others don't have to. They can learn through those mistakes. And I mean, most of it wasn't even on your, on like your fault either. It was just like what other people did, and it, it sucks you had to go through that. But knowing where you are, like once again, where you are in life, and you know how positive everything is, um, so far is is very very heartwarming. And I'm I'm really happy to see where you are in life and and who you have surrounding you. And that's part of my truth and where I said I had to change everything through this journey is is being forthcoming and honest and not afraid to talk about things. I don't really give a fuck who wants to judge me because they weren't there. I'm here to say this doesn't have to be your story or your story doesn't have to end like the story in the film. I just, if I can, if I can tell my truth and my uncomfortability, the things that I, you know, that, that haunt me at night maybe maybe it doesn't have to be like that for you you know so if i can help one person and i'm like not the kind of person who needs to know that i helped you but if just thinking that maybe somebody hears this and and they get help that's enough for me that's the hope you know and hope is such a powerful drug the powerful the most powerful yeah i agree on that i really do and that's all that we can kind of hope for it's all been worth it yeah exactly i can do that yep (laughs) Yeah, this was really fun, even though Definitely. all the topics we're talking about are probably not the um, the lightest topics, but, you know, you got to do it. 
You got to do it. Which is so, important. Um, I mean, to the balance, because we have plenty of episodes where all we do is laugh. And then, yes, <laughs> you know, and then there are other there episodes where, you know, there is a message. And, and if you have that voice and that platform, do it. Exactly. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing your Thank stories, you talking about this bad shit movie of brain damage. Please go watch Wonderful. it. It's on Shutter. It's on Tubi. You can get it off Arrow. It's probably even on the um, Arrow video player that they have over there, their own streaming service. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of ways you can watch this. Gra- watch it with a buddy. Watch it with a family member. You never, you never know. Um, they might, you know, relate to it in some sort of way and be like, "Hey, I know someone who's going through this right now," and it might help them out. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a movie that I think everybody needs to watch at least once, even if you're not a Henlotter fan, because I know there are a lot of people out there who aren't. Um, yes. This is definitely. <laughs> Definitely one that you need to watch, for sure. And, um, Aaron, did you like this movie? A I, lot? Did. I did. Yeah, I know you said ten out of ten, but I'm just making. <laughs> I wouldn't give it a ten out of ten if I didn't. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I was pleased with that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be watching this again throughout the week. Um, you probably are too, because you know. Oh yeah. I'm going like to rewatch watch it later. Movie. Honestly, yeah. have Corny watch it with you. You never know. Maybe she'll be like, "Wow, this is a great movie." Oh. You never know. No, probably no. not. No. She hates but it. You know what? But the thing is, is like, then talk to her about it after she watched it. Have her watch it again. Yeah. And then that, that's what happened with Sean. Yeah. Hmm. And that does happen to it's... me with some movies, too. I'm like, I didn't like it. And then someone tells me something about it. I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'm actually going to watch it again. And that's and then... what happened when we covered it on my show. They're like, I'm going to watch this right now when we get done yeah. recording. I'm going to watch it again. And then they're like, oh, my God, that movie was so great. I'm so glad you put it on the <laughs> schedule. I'm like, yes. Yeah. It's always beautiful when that happens. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's pretty much all that we have to say on this episode. Um, Candy, once again, thank you for coming on for the third time. And there will be many, many more. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to be around. <laughs> so this was the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I was your host, Dustin. I was your co-host, Aaron. And I was our guest, Candy, from the House That Screams Horror Podcast. We'll talk to you guys later. Go check this movie out and go help somebody today. Yes. <laughs>